Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. And there's much to learn about walking with God, walking in faith, being an overcomer. And in this world we live in, there's a lot of pressure from the outside to be negative, to talk death, to doubt uh, God and His Word and even His very existence. But it's a choice. And believers make the right choice every day. There will be multiple choices, multiple opportunities, I should say, to make a choice throughout today. And... Um, you'll find that every time that you choose to trust God and you choose to believe that He will help you to, to arrive at a good outcome, that nobody ever trusted in Him and was disappointed. Nobody was made ashamed because they relied on Him. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the class. Let's release faith today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking for utterance and anointing and grace and help. We want to know you, not some religious version of you that's not even accurate, but the real you, truth. We reach out to you and we lay hold by faith of your goodness and we thank you that you are so gracious, so faithful to respond to us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Hebrews, the third chapter is our main text for this series that we've been on now for some weeks that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. He said in Hebrews 3, 7, he said, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Notice the language, if you'll listen and don't harden your heart. It's always up to us if we want to hear what God has to say. He won't make you listen, and He certainly won't make you comply. But we're wise if we do. He said, When your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works for 40 years, I was grieved with that generation, and I said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. He went on by saying, verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. When you talk about faith, people have different ideas about what that even means. Uh, sometimes people will say, What faith are you? <laughs> and they mean what denomination, what group. Well, when the Bible talks about faith in God, it's not talking about a group thing. It's talking about a very personal one-on-one -on -one thing. And 
Another word for faith is trust or confidence or reliance. Trusting Him is what it is. Well, how can you trust Him and you don't know Him? You don't know who He is. You don't know what He wants. You don't know how He operates and functions. That's why He said, He said, they don't know my ways. They don't, they don't understand that. And it wasn't because they didn't have opportunity. It's because they chose not to know Him. And that is the sad reality of much of the planet. Uh, Hosea 4.6 talks about, My people, he said, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But that's not the end of the verse. It, it goes on to say, Because you have rejected knowledge. What has happened is that much of the world chooses not to know Him. They, there's been points in their life, even when they were children, where they were aware, even for a brief moment, they were aware of God's reality. Maybe His presence manifested to them, even as a child. And they had a little bit of clarity for, for a time, even if they grew up around unbelievers or even around people who worshipped other gods. And if you're honest about what you see and know and you ask for more, He'll show it to you. And, and if, you, if, you'll, if you'll reach out to Him, He will lead you out of total darkness into full salvation if you want to keep going. And then that's not the end. He'll keep showing you and leading you and you keep, you'll continue to grow even past this life it continues. But many have seen him and they didn't want him. You know, I heard people say, well, you know, if you, if you see God for who he really is, you'd love him. Well, you wish that's true, but it's not. You know, the Bible said that Jesus came unto his own and what happened? They did not receive him. And he said, Jesus said this in John, he said, they have both seen and hated both me and my father. So you couldn't say, well, they didn't really know what God was like. They're looking and hearing at what God is really like. Everything Jesus said and everything he did was a direct manifestation of who God is and what he is. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear him say. I didn't come to do my own will, but his will that sent me. And people saw it clearly and hated it. Hated it. And that's still been happening today. That people, they get a glimpse of something that's God and they don't like it. They hear something that God said, but they don't like it. And so that's what's happening all over the globe is that people have a few years of a lifetime to decide if they want him or if they don't. If they're willing to acknowledge him or not. Especially if they're willing to believe on him and receive him and submit to him or not. And so that's what's going to be shown after this life at the great white throne judgment those who are His, those who are not, those whose names are in the Lamb's Book of Life, and those who rejected Him. That is the greatest fool 
that there ever is is the one who rejected God who made them and loved them and offered them eternal life. And yet, that's happening. Say it out loud just as an affirmation of your faith. You say, I choose, I choose God. God. I choose to believe. I choose to submit myself. I am a believer. Hallelujah. I am. And see, that's, we haven't digressed. That's what we're talking about. Spirit of faith, spirit of unbelief, right? Our spirit of fear, our spirit of, of trusting Him. Now, um, go with me, if you would, back to uh, Numbers, the 14th chapter. And we, we've covered the first 10 of these events all the way from... Um, Exodus, where they had that issue at the Red Sea, and then going all the way to uh, Kadesh Barnea. And um, you find in Numbers 14, when it kind of all came to a head, uh, and it got to the point where God said, well, I'm, I'm going to let you have what you've been saying, and you're not going into the promised land. It was not his choice, it was theirs. But notice what kept coming up in, in Numbers 14, all the congregation lifted up their voice, verse 1, and they cried and the people wept that night. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, would God we had died in the land of Egypt. Notice how often unbelief talks about dying. It's just... Just kind of its fallback position. Talk about dying, dying, dying. And you'll notice that in popular culture and songs and theater and movies and everything, you don't hear about blessing. You hear about cursing, right? You don't, you don't hear about bless this and bless that. You hear about damn this and damn that. And even when you hear that, you go, ooh, that's kind of, kind of bad. Yeah, it's bad. Why, do you, why don't you think it's just great? Why, why does something in you go, ooh, I, I don't want to hear that? It's because cursing and blessing are real. And if, you, if we were smart, we would never cuss or curse our lawnmower. Because <laughs> it wouldn't start, or our car, because it had a leak, or our chair, because we stumped our toe on it, right? I mean, you're laughing, but see, that's the fallback position of the unbeliever. You, you, you hit your, your toe and you go, oh, you blankety blank, blankety blank, blank. Just, just curse everything. Curse the chair, curse the floor, curse your toe. That's dumb. Your toe needs help. Is that right? And here you are damning it and curse. Now you're laughing, but why is that what's in people's mouth? Huh? And you, you, you notice this and how many of the romantic songs, the phrase is losing my mind. 
I mean, it's just every other song is, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing. Why? Why wouldn't it be? I have a sound mind. I have the peace of God. Why? No, uh-uh. the enemy's never going to inspire a worldly song that has truth in it. Not for you to get in your mouth over yourself. He may use half of a twisted verse and then slip a lie in on you. But never does he want you affirming life in your mouth. He wants you to say words that he and his cohorts have a legal right to enact. Because if you say, I'm dying, I'm cursed, I'm not going to make it, nothing ever works for me. God can't work with those words. That's contrary to what he said about you. So his angels can't work with them. His spirit can't work with them. But somebody else can. Come on, can you see this? Somebody else can. Who's involved in the stealing, killing, and destroying? That's the enemy. And if you said it's happening to you, then he has a right. His cohorts have a right to work to cause your words to come to pass. Most people don't believe this. They do not. Or they wouldn't talk the way they do. But you know better. You've been to faith school. Amen. Is that right? Yes. You, you know better. You've heard these things. Is it true that life and death is in the power of the tongue? Yes. Is it? Yes. And that by your words, Jesus said, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be judged or condemned. So it matters. It matters. And they're saying... I just wish we'd have died in Egypt. That's a lie. That's not true. The reason they're upset now is because they're scared they're going to die. They don't want to die. Insincerity. Sarcasm is a bad thing. Hmm? And, a ho- and a whole bunch of what people call humor is that. Sarcasm. Saying things You don't really mean. And the enemy wants that in your mouth too because he wants your faith and confidence undermined. He wants you to practice saying stuff all the time that you don't mean so that you have no expectation of your words coming to pass when you say it. And so when you do need to say something to come to pass, you're completely out of practice. You've only been saying stuff you don't believe and you don't expect to happen. Would God would have died, or would God would have died in the wilderness? And why has the Lord brought us into the land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let's make a captain and let's return to Egypt. Let's go back, back to Egypt. That sounds like a a message, doesn't it? (laughs) or a sermon back to Egypt you know what back to Egypt is back to bondage back to bondage now why would anybody say that fear fear of the future fear of the unknown fear lack of trust Uh, go with me if you would We're there in Numbers uh, 14. 
Go again to Psalm 78. We looked at this a little bit, but there were other verses we didn't get to. Psalm 78, he talked about in verse 8, them being a stubborn and a rebellious generation. A generation, verse 8, that didn't set their heart right. And their spirit was not steadfast with God. Skip down to verse 40. Psalm 78:40. It said, how often did they provoke him? That's also can be translated despise or spurn or disrespect him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Yea, they turned what? Back. They turned back and tempted God and what? Limited the Holy One of Israel. Sit out loud. Turned back and limited. Say it again. Turned back and limited. If you look back and keep looking back, you will turn and you'll lean to go back. Look back, go back. To go forward, you have to have vision. Vision to go forward must look forward. And why would why would they say this? Why do they keep does this keep happening? This happened the very first time that God spoke to Moses at that burning bush, and he sent him to Pharaoh. Well, first he went to the elders of, of Israel and he told them that he had met God. And God had said he had heard their prayers and seen their plight and their bondage and their anguish and that he had heard them and was sending deliverance and was going to bring them out of there. That should have been cause for the whole bunch of them rejoicing and shouting. But when they didn't see it all just happen immediately and even they saw Pharaoh got mad about it and and increase the demands on their labor and, and all this other stuff, they said, you shouldn't have gone, and, and you need to leave us alone and, and let us stay here. Stay where? In slavery. Stay in bondage. You know, there's a thing that has happened to people that have been in prison a long time, or people that have been in mental institution a long time. If they've been in there for years and years especially, and they get the opportunity to get out, there are people that have become so panicky that they'll try and commit a crime to get sent back immediately. Uh, or people, you know, same thing back to the mental institution. Why in the world? They, they become what some people call institutionalized. What's the problem? Fear. The spirit of fear. And that is that you get so used to this regiment, this routine, where you don't have to do anything. You don't have to make any decisions. You don't have to uh, seek for any direction. You don't have to push for any kind of change. Everything's decided for you. It's the same every day. Yeah, the only problem is you're not free. You're not free. You're behind bars. You can't leave. You can't do what you want to do. But in that bondage is a kind of perverted security. 
Can you see this, class? Why you don't have to face any fears of the outside and the unknown. You don't have to make your own decisions. And that's what the, the flesh is basically lazy. And in order to walk with God, in order to walk by faith, you have to take action. You, you, you can't be passive. Remember James talks about faith without an action or faith without doing is dead. And you see the people in the ministry of Jesus that got miracles, like that woman that had to issue a blood for 12 years and had been through all those procedures and spent all her money and wasn't better, but what was worse? How'd she get her miracle though? She didn't stay at the house crying and feeling sorry for herself. Come on, can you see this? She, in her weakened condition, left home, found out where Jesus was and what was going on, and pushed through this massive crowd and kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pressing until she got the, the hem of his garment and took a healing. Didn't even ask him if it would be okay. That's why he stops. And there's this massive crowd around him. And he said, who touched me? And there were so many people pushing and thronging to his disciples thought, Lord, who knows how many people touched you the last 400 yards? I mean, what do you mean? He said, no, somebody touched me. Different kind of touch. Faith touch. Right? And that's why when he looked around to see who had done it, everybody's going, no, 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 wasn't me. And when he looked at her, she's like, no. <laughs> she, was, she was concerned. She did, maybe she's thinking, he wants it back. I didn't ask. But no, he didn't reprove her. He didn't correct her. He didn't say anything negative to her. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. What, where do we see her faith, class? Where did we see it? Not in this playing it safe, staying at home, I'm too sick to be out. See, these are the folks that don't receive. Huh? No, there's so much going on. I can't. The economy's not good. It's not a good time to start a church. It's not a good time to start a business. No, no, no. Well, there'll be something else next year too. You understand what I'm saying? There'll be something. There'll always be something that's telling you, no, too hard, too dark, too little, too late. Then at some point there'll be the enemy saying, oh, it's too late now. <laughs> no. Faith does what? Rises up. Is that right? Did she feel like going out there? No, man, she's been through it. She's in a bad way. She's weak. She's lost blood all the time, and, and she's got no, got no help, got no cure. But she kept saying, when I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. When I touch, what? based on what? Based on what? What he had done. She had heard about everybody that went to him got healed. But I'm talking about faith takes action. Faith moves forward, steps out. And we see by contrast, 
The opposite, what did they do when it was time to step out and move forward and get across that Red Sea and go to the promised land? What did they do? Oh, no, no. We got to go back to Egypt. We got to, come on, can you see this? We got to go, uh uh-uh, we got to go back. Why? It's too scary out there. Too scary out there. So they were yielding to this evil thing. Why is it evil? It robs from you. It steals from you. It keeps you from being healed. Keeps you from being able to pay your bills. Keeps you from finding the will of God. I know uh, we started our first church there in Branson, Missouri. Phyllis and I, we'd never pastored before. We'd been in the ministry for years, traveled for years, but never pastored, so we didn't know anything about it. We had friends that were, but you know, doing it yourself is another thing. And starting from scratch, starting from point zero. And, and so uh, we found a property that was, you know, everybody said it was way too big to start. <laughs> it seated 3,000 people, and we got no congregations, none. <laughs> and, of course, you know, on a bigger property, just the utilities and the insurance and everything, you know, it's substantial bills every month. And so I looked at, I I knew in my heart and Phyllis knew in her heart, there's something here. We're supposed to pursue this. And yet you look at it from the natural and you think, really? And I, even some people were kind enough to say, Brother Keith, you got a good ministry. (laughs) You're busy. You got all these uh, invitations. I mean, you could get in trouble with this. You know, you got no congregation and, and you, you, you want to start out like this? You should maybe start a little smaller. Or, or, and, and I looked at it and couldn't figure it out and couldn't figure out how to make it work. And, and finally I got to the point, well, uh, either going to do it or not. You know, and, and somebody asked me one too many times about me, was I sure? And I said, hey, I'm a man. Phyllis is a woman. We could miss it. I get that. But... I would rather step out and fall flat on my face trying to obey God than to be too scared, to, to, to not trust Him enough and be too scared and hold back and do nothing and not even make an effort. And well, when we stepped out to do it, I mean the first Sunday with a half-page advertisement in the local paper, 500 people showed up. 500 people showed up. And... I, I said, you know, you might say, why are you here? And, and the whole crowd sounded like they answered me. And they said, we know, we've been praying. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> They've been praying. They wanted a church. And we've got one strong there to this day. But you understand what I'm saying about, I would rather fall flat on my face and admit, hey, I made a mistake, than to be too scared. Too scared. Fear is an evil thing. Fear is not pleasing to God. What does it take to please Him? Faith. And faith is one that will step up and step out and move forward. No looking back, longing to go back to bondage, but step out. And just like Caleb and Joshua, let's go get it. Let's go take this thing. And they did when nobody else did. Said out loud, I I choose to believe. Not doubt, not look back, not go back. It's full faith forward for me. Hallelujah. 
Our time's up again, but we are moving forward. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.